G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Walsh and Lyle, g'day to you guys. Very good, eh? Hey, young mate. Doing well? Um, excellent, yeah, really good. Oh, that's good. Fantastic night on Friday night at uh, Wrestle Rock. That was great. Yeah, you got there just in time. Yeah, the I main did for event. the last three the last three <laughs> matches. Spitting on the table, that's always nice. Hmm. At least better than spitting on you. Slightly. <laughs> How did you go, mate? Did you go to the after party? No. No, I stayed till what, 1 o'clock? No, 12.30, I reckon. No, you were, you were there till one thirty. Yeah. Oh, was oh, I? Geez. Just so before he... we got kicked out into the other room. Yeah. And Welshie, obviously, he would have went to the after, after, after he did. party. No, I didn't. Course. I didn't. I, was, I left at 3. 3? Three? 3. The one um, after party then? Walked out, got some pizza from the place next door, and... Nick Galea was nice enough to give me a lift home. Amazing. Good so, that, Nick. I didn't headbutt him this time, which was good. Yeah, well, probably that's why he gave you a lift home. It was great to see JXT there. Yeah. I'm not he sure was... if he'll remember that we were there, but... <laughs> he was in fine form in the mess. crowd, wasn't he? <laughs> he was a mess. <laughs> he was on the sesh life. Yeah. That's for sure. He was he was Welshy at Showdown drunk. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You reckon he was that bad? Yeah. Nah, I'm pretty sure if we asked JXT, he'd uh, remember some of the matches. Yeah, but some at... Matches. at, at at JXT's age, I would remember those sorts of things as well. Ah, okay, fair. And he's played the age card there, Tony. Hey, guys, uh, great interview last week. We uh, caught up with Matty Wahlberg, and, of course, we saw him on Friday night as well. Uh, Royce Chambers also. Yes. A couple uh, of good real interviews there. Yeah. Uh, it's been good catching up with Matty again on Friday, and he said that the feedback that he'd been receiving was really good, which is nice to hear, and I know that Royce... I've been talking to Royce all week, and I think he's been mostly copping shit off his friends, but you know, that's always fun too. Yeah. yeah. Mate, well, he'll learn. It's a bit of a learning experience for him, for yeah. not, not shouting out maybe a few of his- uh, someone, uh, someone told him he wasn't professional, and I'm like, so what do those people say about um, someone like Mac, Matt Riddle? <laughs> <laughs> be yourself. Just yeah, be no, yourself. He, he was definitely himself. It was good fun. So, you know, that's what I really enjoyed. Yeah. What I really enjoyed about Royce's interview- was uh, his self awareness over where he where he believes he needs to improve and what he's working on? I really enjoy hearing that from a, a really young wrestler, so that was good to hear. Certainly was. Also, love hearing from this guy who we're about to catch up with now. Of course, he is one of the leading wrestlers here in Australia and uh, a pretty nice guy too. Now, tell me, I've never really spoken to Mick, so let's find out all about it. Mick Moretti joins us on the line. G'day, Mick. Good afternoon, my friend. I'm doing stupendously. How are you? Oh, we're all fantastic. Thank you. Beautiful day uh, in Melbourne today. Uh, what's it like up there in Sydney? Well, it's cleared up now. The sun is out. The sky is blue. We started off with a bit of rain, but she seems to have passed us by. Excellent. Can't be Now, uh, first off, I want to say congratulations on your, your big win against uh, TMDK on the weekend, mate. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Might have, it was uh, uh, it was quite a good time. It was quite the quite the conflict. Might have been a little bit of nefarious means involved at the end there. <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm always up to nefarious tricks. <laughs> um, what kind of a difference has it made having Ovo play uh, live streaming the shows for the last few months? The running of the shows has just been very different. We've we've had to cater to. To, to, to knowing that we're running live, we can't have any dead air and missed beats and things like that. Um, we can't have wasted time when people are leaving the ring and all that kind of jazz. Uh, it's kind of just keeping the ship running as effectively as possible so that we don't have a, a live audience just kind of copying a, a whole lot of nothing. Um, you know, we've got our camera crew who's had to, had to learn and sort of graft off the the over professionals on how to run it live and, and get the best feed possible because it's it's one thing when you have all the camera angles you've got time to sit down and chop and edit and put forward you know the best angle but when you've got to do it on the fly like that it takes it takes a bit of an eye and a bit of practice so the team's been working pretty solidly for that and i guess it's just hitting a you know, the, the giant database of, of viewers that over have and potentially expanding our market and our audience, which is super exciting. Um, having the ability to live stream means that anyone across the country or the world even, if they can't get to the show, actually can watch it alongside and be a part of it on Twitter and, and all of that and be involved with the show while it's happening. 
instead of having to wait for later, which is pretty fantastic. What are we talking numbers-wise? Mickey, are you able to release how many people or thereabouts? I wouldn't have the slightest of clues. I'm not privy to that information. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's been a real treat for but, us to be able to, uh, to watch uh, the shows live. Has about, sorry? It's been a real treat for us to be able to watch the shows live. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've had a, like, I've heard from a bunch of people around that they, they love that they can get in onto it live. So it's, it's a pretty good step forward to have that, I think. Um, it's just that, that extra step towards getting active engagement, I suppose, if, if, if you like. People being able to watch from the other side of the country as it happens. And it's good for your, um, your Twitter footprint as well because people watching from home more likely to live tweet than people in the audience. Yep. Exactly right. Um, and I've noticed that. I think most of the tweets when I go through and try to check the hashtags or vanity search myself, there's a lot of people from other other states and other areas that aren't actually at the show that are tweeting about it as opposed to the people that are in the audience. Like, I guess when you're there watching it live, you're a little bit more engaged because it's, you know, what it's like when you're in the room or in the, in the building for a show. It's a, it's a different environment. It's a different atmosphere. So, but nah, that's good. We want we want that social media print. We want people on Twitter talking. We want engagement. We want the word to spread. We want people to put their, their thoughts forward, share what they did and didn't like so that we can ensure that we're, we're putting our, our best product forward. And even the, the little things like, you know, you don't want any dead air. Like at intermission, you have the the archive match, which is, uh, which yeah. is great for us watching it on. We're not just watching a hard camera look at the ring. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was a good idea, actually. I think that was a that was a Bonza brainchild, um, yeah, and it gives people a bit of a, a taste into some of the older content, depending on how how far back we go. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our fans that have that have hooked onto us, especially in the last year or two, probably aren't too savvy with with our backlog and what you know who we've had on roster, the matches that we've had, you know, our time in the Masonic Center and, and in between. So it's a bit of a taste of the history for them, I suppose. And as someone who's been with the company uh, through, you know, the not so, not so busy times, what's it like now to have seen the astronomical growth over the last eighteen months to two years of PWA? It's incredible. It's it's, it's overwhelming. It's surreal. Um, it's it's flattering. Like you know, I, I get to see the hard work that everyone in the team puts in every goddamn day. So to see this kind of a response and success start to flourish is is really quite nice and it's a rewarding a sense of achievement, I suppose, on top of like, you know, back in the day when we were running the Masonic Center, and you know, things felt good for a while. We had a hundred odd people and then when we lost that, we were trying to tour around and find new venues and struggling through finding the venues. You know, it, was, it wasn't easy. Um, we weren't always getting the biggest of crowds. To see where we've come now to, to be on this platform with the, you know, the crowds that we're getting, the response that we're getting, the, the production that we have both as far as the venue's concerned as well as our media and sort of online content and, and the stream and stuff like that. It's just leaps and bounds forward. And it's crazy to think that, you know, five years ago, not even five, like you know, two or three years ago, to think we'd be here now was almost unbelievable. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's awesome. Like Robbie and I used to talk years ago when we were at the, I, I remember one conversation. He he doesn't particularly remember the asshole, but we were <laughs> well, at the end of the show, <laughs> It was at the end of one of the shows at the Camden Civic Center, um, and we were just having this talk. We're like, we need to boost Australian wrestling. Like, what are we going to do? What do we have to do? Because he's like, I don't want to move overseas full time straight away. He's like, I want Australia to be big. And I'm like, dude, I'm right there with you. Like, I didn't go overseas. In my, well, until late in my career, um, I should have done it earlier because you know the whole return of, of potential audience. But our focus was so solely on trying to get things happening here. We just didn't know how to do it. We didn't have the tools. We didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have the experience. We just had this glimmer in our eye, and we just kept trying to, you know, scratch at the wall and see what we had to do to then finally be at this point where we're finally reaching an international audience. Where we're finally getting things out there. Um, and Australia is finally at a point where the rest of the world is starting to recognize us as a, a scene, if you like, and starting to recognize our talent. That's, that's the dream. And I don't want our students to have to 
travel the world to make their name. I'd rather they be able to make their name here and then travel the world because they're in demand. You know, that's, that's what we want. Uh, and to be sort of heading in that direction is the greatest thing for the basketball. That's one of the, the dreams that I had when I started wrestling coming true. So it's phenomenal. And Mick, it was only not even 10 years ago where we didn't really have a one viable wrestling organisation here in Australia that was a consistent, you know, good show with you know, good crowds and the like. And, and now 10 years down the track, we've got at least two, possibly even up to five or six. At least two in each state. Yeah. At least one yeah. in each state. It's a testament to the efforts that people have put in. Um, you know, like, I don't think there's any one person that deserves all, all the credit. Um, I, I mean, there are definitely some that deserve more. You know, getting help from people like Will Ospreay, who, you know, put the word out and just gave us the eyes that would have other, otherwise been very hard to get. But it's a testament to the combined efforts that everyone's putting in to, to be better, to support each other, to make things what they should be as a collective. And I think it's, it's starting to pay off. Um, that on top of, you know, the, moving into the digital age, I think has been a massive advantage for us. Australia being so isolated has never helped as far as the international market's concerned. But even then, the, the Australian sort of a society or I guess a population or whatever has never been particularly wrestling heavy and even wrestling fans who watch the WWE wouldn't they didn't even seem to know that wrestling existed here um, at that level and even if they did they just seemed disinterested because it wasn't the WWE we didn't have fireworks and TV deals so obviously it wasn't good enough um, you know I tell when I when I meet people and I tell them I'm a pro wrestler so one of the first things a lot of people's always oh do we have that here I was like well yes of course we do <laughs> um so it's just, I guess, getting out of that, that hidden underground place where no one knew it existed off the back of the efforts of everyone, the, the fact that we can have things online now, we can have streams, we can have on-demand services, and it's so much easier now to actually reach the audience. Uh, on top of that is just the way that indie wrestling as a whole has, has risen in popularity. Again, I think a lot attributed to the digital, the digital age, so to speak. Um, and then just the WWE product being what it is, people who wanted something different had finally had a, had access to it. So I think we're piggybacked off that uh, alongside just sort of saying, hey, look at us, bitches. We're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the, the great things about the, the guys and girls from Sydney, they're, they're their own biggest cheerleaders for their home promotions. Like I know – yeah, we've had the now we conquer hashtags and stuff like that. They're but it, mix hashtags. Yeah, mix, of course. And then you've uh, mm -hmm. you, you've thrown yourself out there this week, and you said uh, PWA, uh, one of the top five independent wrestling companies yep. in the world. Uh, if you don't know, you yeah, haven't okay. seen us. That's right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I'm very proud of my home promotion. Um, whether there's bias in there or not, I don't care. Um, like I get to see it from the inside, and I just I see the work that that everyone puts in, and just looking at it from a standpoint of, of the quality of the show that you get, the variety of matches, personalities, characters, the the level of the the, the in ring skill that everyone's bringing because of their consistent training, the 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 production values and the hype videos are just insane, um, and you know, and you you compare like every every element and every facet of of all the little bits and pieces that make a wrestling show. And I stop and I think, hell, I dare say that we are in the top five of independent. Like, you know, you're not looking at your impacts and your ring of honors and your new Japans, of course. Um, but I think of like top five, I think of, you know, PWG, I think of Beyond Wrestling, I think of us, think of, you know, I don't even like progress now that they're tied into the WWE. Do we still consider them indie? I don't know. But I think we are right up there and... and you know, everyone's opinion will be different, of course, and that's the way the world works. But I honestly believe that we've worked our way up there. Um, and that's not to discredit some of the other promotions across the country that are doing amazing things that are right there with us. You know, I've just got that little bit of a place in my heart for my home promotion that I've been there trying to build for the last what, eight years, nine years that I've been there. Well, I don't think the only thing you judge a promotion on, especially an indie promotion, is uh, the in-ring product as well. And I think you also judge a really good indie promotion on the talent that they're producing for the scene. Yep. And I think, I mean, I honestly think you guys are 
producing as good a rest a quality of wrestler as anywhere in the world at the moment. That's fantastic. <laughs> like we we do our best to to train all of our students as best we can. Um, we we pride ourselves on on always striving, trying and striving to be the best. Not because we want to parade around and and try to be elitist or anything like that, but because we we aspire for greatness because we're passionate about it. Um, and we push and encourage each other to always be better. And we're, we're fortunate enough to have people like Robbie Eagles, who's you know done as much as he has with the experience that he's got and being around the world and working for New Japan and what he brings back. Madison and her crazy wealth of knowledge that she's had over her amazing career. What I've been able to bring back from my travels, um, you know, Shazza and Cave Maynard, um, JT Robinson, who's been around for years, um, Unsocial Jordan and his time around Australia. Like We've got a whole bunch of, people in, the, in our coaching team that are all bringing something to the table and as much as we encourage it we've got this group of students and wrestlers that are just so committed and so dedicated um and so encouraging to each other that they've just facilitated this environment where they work their absolute asses off they push each other to the bone but they're also supporting each other at the same time and it's just kind of you know what is it they, they say uh Iron sharpens iron, I think it is, something along, along those lines. And we're always competing to be better than each other, but there's, it's in support of each other at the same time. Um, and I think that mentality has just has helped because the more, the more you push each other, the more you train. Like so many of our students are at training three, four, five times a week. You know, They're in that ring as often as they can be. Um, anytime we're running seminars, whether it's with, you know, we had Damon Slater come out and do one, on Sunday morning after the show, we've had Quack come out and he's coming back. Um, you know, Istria did one not too long ago that I can think of. Even though Bonds is not a regular trainer with the academy, um, he comes down often and runs classes. Like we, Every time we have an opportunity to, to suck any knowledge out of someone that we can, we, we do. And we share that around as much as possible. Um, so it's just, it's all the ingredients you need, I think. Um, and I'd love to take credit as, as one of the coaches, but it, it's honestly such a group effort because we do what we can, but you know, if someone's not willing to put the effort in as a student, then obviously they're not going to get there either. So mm. it's, it's a little bit of give and take. We, we, we direct them as best we can and they're coming in hungry as hell. And it's, it's awesome to see. It's, it gives me a great pride when I see people that I've had a hand in helping learn this craft that I love. So when they start to learn it and they, you start seeing them doing these amazing things and getting crazy good, and then to the point where it like pushes me in, I'm like, shit, I've got to make sure I keep getting better or these little bitches are going to take over me. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. We love it. Um, and we pride ourselves on trying to be the best. So we will continue to do that. You mentioned, uh, Mike Quackenbush having been here before and coming back in a couple of weeks time. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. He spoke very highly of the guys from, from PWA at the time. Tell us what it's like to be yeah. in a room when Mike's over here and the young guys at PWA are listening to the knowledge that this man brings. Do you look at their faces and think, my God, they are so into this? Yeah, yeah. The man is a silver tongue. He has a way with words. He he could speak and I would listen forever, um, well, honestly. We found, we and found I think ourselves a lot doing people... that in the podcast. Yeah. We were missing our cues when he's finished speaking because you're still enthralled as to what he was saying. <laughs> It's hypnotizing. Um, you know, just the way that he speaks is so eloquent. He's so articulate. But then the content of what he's saying is is not only profound, it's, it's educated, it's provocative. Um, and it just, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Never stop talking ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you said, you see people's faces. Like, it's always fun to watch people come in who, who may know him or, or, or whatever, but they may not be completely familiar and kind of come in with this neutral face and just to watch their jaw drop as he goes on and their eyes widen as they're kind of just bombarded with, with this knowledge. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is Quackenbush. Get, get it. <laughs> yeah. And you are going over to Shikara later this year? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I've got quite the happy little excursion coming up. So the start of September... I get to challenge for the grand championship. Um, and then a month after that is King of Trios alongside Bonzer and Hoffman for the second time. So it's, it's pretty exciting. 
I'm hoping that we can we can do really well with that. I love wrestling with Shakara. I feel like Mick Moretti's built for Shakara. Right? I fit in just perfectly in that wacky universe. And coming in the ring with Dasha Hatfield, that's going to be amazing, actually. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an excellent clash of experience and styles, and um, I'm really hoping that we put on something that gets people talking. And if I'm lucky, I'll be the first Australian to be Chicago Grand Champion. We'll be all rooting for you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> One thing that did get uh, all of Australia talking was when you came out during Joey Janela's spring break, WrestleMania weekend. What was that experience like? <laughs> um, that was cool. Like That match being called the greatest clusterfuck is the single most appropriate name <laughs> for that match that I can think of. Because, like, you know, obviously you, you get a bit of an understanding of seeing it happen in the ring, but everything about it is a total clusterfuck. Like, I was backstage, and this backstage is not big. All right? <laughs> that, it, it was not a big backstage. So we were sprawled out into the, the back alley, wrestlers and people everywhere still no clue what was going on we didn't know the order we didn't know the time no one had any idea until pretty much as and after the show was starting to until we got any kind of (laughs) actual um construct of what was happening and then it was just like wow and then you get in the ring and it's just like holy shit this is a clusterfuck that's not not just a clever name that's for sure no, it's it's what it is. Like, I didn't even get in the ring yet. And the first thing that happened to me was I got punched square in the face <laughs> by Necro Butcher. I saw that. Because I didn't see it coming. <laughs> he fucking nailed me. And I was like, yep, welcome to the clusterfuck. You ready? Getting punched in the face it by was- Necro Butcher, though, that's a, that's a claim to fame. Well, it is, it, it is something. It was, it was, it began an entire ordeal. Like, he, Punched me because I wasn't looking. It split a hole through my lip. It got infected, and then someone told me to make a video popping it, so I did, and that's got oh. three million views, oh. and that made me money. What a process it was! <laughs> All because of the clusterfuck. Like seriously, this is the kind of stuff that happens when you get to the clusterfuck. But I remember watching it back later, and I was like, oh, I want to watch it. And because there's just so much going on, every time I did something or hit one of my moves the camera cut away to something else and i was like god damn it <laughs> and the commentator kept getting right. your name wrong as well yeah that's uh, that's the problem with americans they always call me nick <laughs> mick's not a very common name um so i get, I get nick a lot and some people call i've been called moriarty before uh. so but oh well just have to tell everyone to call me rapscallion that might make it a bit easier yeah definitely and you've been announced for PWG as well. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of Moretti. Mate, like, I came into this year with, with a bit of a, you know, a mission. Like, I, I just wanted to make it a, a banger because, well, we, we're all getting to that stage and, you know, people are starting to break out and it's absolutely awesome. And I was like, to hell if I'm getting left behind. Um, you know, this, was, this is a good year to make something happen. I'm at a good stage in life. You know, I've got some good experience under my belt now. I, I'm not too old just yet. Um, I'm in decent shape. Like I can, I'm at a point where I think I can make some stuff happen. Um, and I was just super motivated to do so. So I was just, a, a, every piece of thread that I'd kind of started pulling on with all my, my travels, I just kept pulling and just kept pulling and kept looking on doors and trying to make the most of every, every opportunity that I had. You know, like, um, you know, wrestling, wrestling with Chikara, wrestling with Beyond and, and other places in the mm-hmm. States that gave me a chance to, to show what I can do. The stuff that's been happening here, especially with World Series and the networking with some of the people that I've been able to wrestle there who have, you know, been giving me great feedback. Um, and then, you know, putting myself in the position bowl of the last two years where I just went and did ring crew just so that I could meet them and say, hey, I'm a wrestler. I'm just here to help out, but I do stuff too. Um, just so that they could you know, could recognize me and say, okay, well, this guy wants to put the F in. Let's see if he's actually really good. Um, that also gave me the chance to meet one of the fans in LA who's like a, a PWG super fan, Tim. And he has been, like, ever since I met him and he's discovered Australia, he's been singing our praises over there. And he's been like a planted marketing piece for the, the PWG crowd and is 
is just talking about us, which is awesome. And all these things combined have just made for me to finally get in there and follow in the footsteps of Adam Brooks, Jonah Rock, and Robbie Eagles, my frenemy. <laughs> well, that that, so, yeah. that bowler tournament is sort of a gateway. And once guys get into that, it seems to be um, the first step towards really getting uh, rec- recognition on a worldwide scale. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially for the the debutants and the the early the early goings. Yeah, like um, obviously there's plenty of guys that are very well established that are put in it. But yeah, you're right. Like for for people in my position, it's it's a a very very good launching platform. If I go in and I, I do it right, um, let's just hope I don't uh, shit the bed, huh? And end <laughs> up all over. There's, there's some really exciting uh, matchups that could uh, play yeah. out. You know? Orange Cassidy on, on one side oh. and Mick Moretti would be great. And then you've got the technical wizardry. Sorry. No, no, okay. I, just, I was just yeah. commenting, as you said, I need that uh, match. Continue. The yeah, and then, and then on the flip side, you've got the technical match that you could have with a Jonathan Gresham as well. <laughs> <laughs> I could have so much fun. Um, there's there's not enough nights or time for me to get all the matches that I would want to have with the bowler, the list of people. But but as you said, you know it's 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 the, the start, it's a platform. Hopefully things go well, and then that creates opportunities for me to be able to wrestle these these guys and and any other guys and girls in the future as well. That would be would make for super interesting and fun matchups. Mick, take us through you as a wrestler and the development of you as a wrestler. A, a long time ago, you were more of a high-flying type wrestler. You find yourself probably being a bit more technical now. Even your character has sort of changed over time. Has it been a deliberate change by you over, over the period or has it been a, a change of necessity? No, like I've just, you know, like I've, I I am a, a big advocate of change in general. Um and it was kind of like, you know, I was still finding my way, so to speak. Like, you know, when I first started mint condition, I was young, I was skinny, I could jump around. So the high flying thing kind of worked and it fit into what I was doing. Um, and then, you know, as I got, I got a bit more experience and I tried to put on some sizes when I sort of turned into the, the green dragon, sort of the mint green with the connection there. And I was born in the year of the dragon. I was unleashing my inner beast and all that jazz. Um, and I started, you know, playing around with that a little bit. Uh, I guess that's when I became a little bit more grounded. Um, you know, with every passing year, I got more and more experience and, and learned more about the different styles and techniques of wrestling and, learnt new moves, strategies, and psychologies, and et cetera. And then um, I started stumbling into into the rap scallion, which basically started one day when I was um, I was thinking about mischief. It was the first word that kind of sparked it because I, it's that's that's a lot of me. That's who I am outside of wrestling. I'm a mischievous individual. I like to goof around with people. I like to have a laugh. It's mischief and fun is sort of a part of the core of who I am. So I thought, how can I integrate that into wrestling? Because it's not something that I particularly see a lot of. I was like, there's no real super mischievous characters out there that came to mind that were, that were outstanding. Um, so that kind of became the base building block for, for the development of who, who I've become today. Um, and it just kind of, it was just kind of like an add on layers of things as we went. And it was try trying this and trying that and, Seeing what didn't didn't work, I stumbled across the word the rat scallion, and I was like, "That's a sick word. I'm using that for sure." Um, you know, and just playing on the, you know, I've given myself a bunch of different nicknames for this and that for the different elements. I like to consider myself a bit of an all arounder now, um, more than one style, a bit of a misdirect uh, trickster. But you know, if I need to keep it on the ground to get technical, I'll keep it on the ground. If I need to fly, I'll fly. If I need to use strength, I'll use my strength. I I try to dedicate it to, to every side of wrestling that there is now so that I don't pigeonhole myself. Um, and at the same time, I can have a lot of fun with it. You know, like I am all about having a good time. <laughs> I, I have a laugh and, you know, when things get real, I can get real. Um, but yeah, mischief is the big thing and it's, you know, it's a mind game. If you can break down your opponent's concentration because they get frustrated, then, you know, then you can start to win. And if you can break them mentally, then you break them physically on top of that. It's the double-edged sword. It's a win-win. 
And boy, is it fun when people are traumatized. Tell you what. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's just kind of kind of how it's developed. And I've just along the way, I've found bits and pieces that I've liked to add to it. Whether it's the goggles that I found that I thought looked cool, different face paints or war paints, as I like to call them, that I use when I go in, different cool jackets. And it's not really a one look that I'm necessarily going for. It's kind of just a mix and match of what goes together and being this wacky zany individual gives me a bit of freedom to to do things that are a bit out of the ordinary because I I don't conform to one idea I kind of play with it I look to mischievous characters and clowns and things like that for inspiration and then I just have a good time has there been one thing that has remained that has remained a consistent through all the character change something that is a non-negotiable for you um I don't know not really no, not, not, no, no core value that kind of yeah. comes to mind. It's just, you know, trying to keep it natural, I guess. I don't want things to feel forced. Um, so, like, you know, I know some things are over the top, but it's, I think it's, it's still enough a part of me that it's natural. Sorry. A bit of a- part of the part of the fun is developing and changing and discovering new things about yourself along the way. One time that we did get to see, uh, you know, a lot of the Rapscallion was when you were doing the trophy life with Elliot Sexton, the body swap. <laughs> how much yeah. talk us through that idea, whose idea it was, and how much fun it was to to film that. Oh man! So that was that was a Sexton idea. Um, he was originally supposed to do it with Jimmy Havoc. I don't know if anyone knows that. I don't know if people are supposed to know that. He might get mad at me for telling you. Too freaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And he was confident because he was like, yeah, well, I can do the British accent. I'll be able to be Jimmy and it won't be bad. It'll be a bit of fun. And then I can't remember why, but for whatever reason, that, that couldn't happen. So then when I was there, I was like, dude, I'm going to come visit for a while. I want to be in one of the episodes. And he's like, oh, you can do the Halloween special with me and we'll do the body swap. And I thought, that's great. And his biggest fear, he was like, I don't know how I'm going to be you. Um, and boy, was it a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had plenty of outtakes where we just pissed ourselves laughing because of how ridiculous it was. Um, you know, coming up with that, he's trying to teach him how to be me um, and him still kind of sounding a little bit British sometimes. <laughs> um, and then me trying to be him. And every time I walked around, just trying to stick my chest as far out as humanly possible. Um, yeah, no, nah, it was it was a really great time. We just got to kind of rag on each other a whole bunch, have a laugh. I got to give him the the classic rap scallion spike hair, <laughs> which <laughs> he was very displeased about when we were doing it. But my God, was it worth it? Um, yeah, no, nah, it was it was a lot of fun. Came together and we, we filmed it all in one day, um, and it was just endless laughs and good times. And I think the episode turned out really well. Yeah, definitely. The fact that you guys are having fun comes across because it's fun to watch. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, this guy like things like that are contagious. I think um, you know, that's that's it's what I say to a lot of the students. Like the things that you do in the ring become contagious. So if you know if you're loud or if you're having a good time, if you're very serious or you know emotionally invested those kinds of things become contagious because they're they're real you know it's that's the kind of thing that people respond to so that's good to hear i'm glad thank you can you tell your students that the things you do outside the ring could also be contagious as well and just to <laughs> make sure they know the separation between the two right yeah that's a very important lesson <laughs> yeah I, I, th- I think my uh my favorite part of that episode was I'm pretty sure Elliot Sexton wasn't acting because he'd have that reaction if he woke up and not in his body. I'm pretty sure he he loves himself a little bit too much, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So he was an actor when – okay, I'm confused now. (laughs) Me playing the Elliot Sexton or the Elliot Sexton playing me playing him? Where are we talking now? (laughs) When you're playing him – not not being in his own body. Ladies That's and gentlemen, the- we apologise for all at this point in time. 
Yeah, it was funny. Like that was one of the things throughout the day where we we'd have to stop and go. Okay, wait, who's who? Marie, Marie, you're Marie. I'm Sexton. Okay, good. Um, and we'd have to refrain from me referring to him as him because he had to be me. But yeah, like I, we we chatted about that reveal, and I was like, "How would you react?" And he's like, "I'd be mortified." <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks for the vote of confidence." <laughs> Now, I feel we're getting a little bit too much Matty Wahlberg at the moment. A fair <laughs> bit of him on the television lately. Uh, has he been copying a little bit backstage uh, since he's wrapped up Survivor? Um, not too much. Like, I think he's, he's, he's had a lot of questions. Like, there's a lot of things he's not allowed to talk about. So the poor fellow's got to be like, no, no, yet this, whatever. Um, but, you know, he's probably sick of talking about it, to be honest, because everyone's always, especially every time a new episode comes up, everyone's giving him black about this or that um but he's, he's not copping too much grief about it like everyone's pretty excited and, and happy for him for the opportunity and the experience he got to have it was pretty surreal like i'm watching it now and seeing him up in, on that on, like i'm watching survivor and there's maddie Wahlberg. i'm just yeah. like wow it's crazy i'm rooting for him yeah we all are we all are he turned baby face last night though i know <laughs> oh, didn't he Good to see shades of Matty Wahlberg, but then he, when he gets all supportive and nice, and I'm like, "Who are you, Matty? Who is this?" <laughs> That's the teacher. Yeah, the teacher side of him comes out. Now I want to take you back to early in the year. I think it was in March. You had a uh, sixty-minute Ironman match with Dowie. What's What's it like putting something like that together? Um, it wasn't as difficult as I might have anticipated. Um. You know, I, I thought, because well, we ended up having to go about 67 minutes because we went into sudden death overtime. Um, and it was just kind of like, wow, like we've got a lot of time to try and occupy and keep people invested here. Uh, and we went to a nil-all draw. So to get through that time and not give anyone in the crowd a, a pinfall, um, we thought, okay, this might be particularly difficult. Um, but in the end, it's not it's not entirely different to a normal match. You've just got to try and, and, and spread it and pace yourself and try to have the, the story unfold a little bit more uh, and have a few extra peaks in there. Like if you look at the way a match progresses as a graph, you know, you've got a bit more space. So you, you try and put a few dramatic peaks in there to kind of keep people along for the ride as you go. Um, but I mean, I've worked with Dowie a few times now and he's always been easy to work with. So, um, everything kind of fell together quite, quite nicely. We were, I remember being in the ring, um, and looking up at the clock and there was still 35 minutes to go. And I was like, Oh, holy Jesus. Like I felt like I'd been in there for 45 minutes already. Um, but then, you know, once, once that last 20 minutes started, it just flew. So, like, you know, it was the first 20 minutes, not so bad. The second 20 minutes, that was the drag on. That was the part where it was like, we are never getting through this. <laughs> and then the last 20 minutes was just boom, straight to the finish, and we were there. So it was a good experience. It's, you know, it was something that I'd never done before. So I was really, really glad to be able to, you know, tick that one off. And I look forward to being able to do something like it again. And when you do something like that, uh, do you come out of that and you and the guy you're working with have like a. Uh, do you think you have like a bond for life from that sort of experience? Nah, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, like, you know, that's the longest I've ever been in the ring with anyone. Um, so to have been able to share that with him was, was definitely great. Um, you know, I think Dowie and I have, have plenty of time for each other. Um, I, you know, I don't know how much of a bond it is. Um, you know, I don't need to get too mushy, but we've we've always gotten along, and I think everything fell together quite nicely, and we're both very happy and, and proud of what we put out there in the end. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, play along with me on this one, Mick. Uh, I'm a, uh, a multi-multi-millionaire, and I love wrestling, and I've just come Ooh. along and I thought, right, I want to do my own wrestling promotion. Mick Moretti, I'm okay. giving you $100,000 to go and yeah. set me up a show with 10 of the best wrestlers in Australia. Who are you bringing along with you? Okay. Okay, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that hundred grand and I'm going to run very, very fast, <laughs> and you're never going to see me again. Um, <laughs> no, okay, um, <laughs> that's a fancy, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, well, me, I'm sorry. Obviously. Well, that's why I said, who are you bringing I mean, along with you? <laughs> I knew you were going to be there. <laughs> ah, very good, very good. Well put, well put. 
Um, look, so give me a second just to, to process my head. You should um, deliberately leave someone out who's going to get upset about it as well. <laughs> oh, look, it's going to happen. You know, like my immediate go-to is those around me. Um, I mean, that's, that's the hardest part about these questions is um, I'm, I'm so saturated by my peers here in Sydney that I will always see them as the greatest. Um, I know there are people around the country doing awesome things and being fantastic, but I'm not as exposed to them. So at a comparative level, I see the guys around me and, and think that they're the bee's knees. Um, so like my immediate thoughts are Bonza, Robbie, Hoffman, Madison, Shaz, Jess. Um, you know, I want to start considering people like Maddie, um, like Ricky and the Velocities because they're these young, hungry up-and-comers. But I know that there's there's people like Slater, Marcus Pitt, Mikey Broderick, um, um, Davis Storm, uh, Kellyanne, Dowie Slex, Gino, like <laughs> Brooksy. There's the like, Istria. There's I mean, if you want to talk Australian, are we still talking people like Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher? Like picking ten is very very hard. Um, Picking birdies almost getting hard now. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of amazing talent around. I think. Look, let's 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 play let's play with this this scenario that you've given me. Let's do this play along thing. All right, and we're going to assume this is the first show of hopefully many. Yeah, all right? correct. If we're if we're pouring this money into it, we want to expand our market as wide as is possible. So I think it's it's wise and it's just to get a few people from different states so that we've got audience across the entire country. Because then in future shows, we can introduce more people. Okay, So it's not to say that people who are missing out on this first one aren't deserving. This is a business strategy. So we're going to exactly. pick a couple from each state so that we have a broader audience. So let's say we've got me, Robbie, Bonds, and Madison. Okay, We've got Kellyanne and Slex and Gino. And Avery. That's eight. We've got we've got eight already. God fucking damn it. <laughs> You're gonna have to book an uh, over the budget battle royal like AEW did. Ten's not enough yeah, for I mean, ten's not enough. No, nah, ten's not enough. You're right. We'll go we'll go fifteen. Um, you got another seven. Got seven, all right, good, good. That's that's nice of you. Um, but I'm not budging on the hundred thousand, that doesn't change. <laughs> Man, hot dogs and handshakes are a long I way. I sound like a promoter now, don't I? <laughs> You know, then we've then you've got probably you know where am I? What state did I end up in? Victoria. Um, Ishria, um, Stormy. Um, really, I need some more. Um, I need some more women to fill it out. So let's get let's get Jess Troy in there. Um, and what other? See, the problem is I'm not. I'm definitely much less exposed to what the women are doing further in Adelaide and in Western Australia, mm. um, which disappoints me to say. But, well, there's 12, right? That no, look, no, you've done a great job. I'd go I think show. that's a pretty good right? And I think that that's a good window. So then as we move forward, we can start looking into because, you know, I'm, I'm part of trying to help Queensland bring bring their shit back together and, and move up again. Um so we can hopefully start moving towards looking at talent there. And then we can look at more talent from each of the, the main states that are doing good things for the shows as our amazing new promotion develops and becomes the hottest thing ever. You'd, uh, you'd have to find a spot for a girl like Brooksy, wouldn't you? Ah, uh, yeah, see? Brooksy, like, <laughs> you know, that's uh, of course you do because yeah. it's Adam Brooks. Yeah, speaking, like, of Brooksy, and speak, exactly. speaking of Brooksy, you are, you're working with him this weekend. I am. I am indeed. That's cool to um, see. What? And it worked it's well. A, yeah, it's a, a good sharp segue. I um I've never worked with him before. Um, really, that's amazing. We, the closest we've been is we've been on the same side of a of a ten man tag uh, at uh, Wrestle Rampage quite a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm actually quite excited to, to square off with the loose cunt. Sorry, you're gonna have to beat that one. <laughs> no, no, we'll leave it in. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I started taking we, well, I was like, they know what I'm going to say here. That's we what had, he calls we us. had Jimmy Havoc on two months ago, so don't worry about it. <laughs> say whatever you like. Every second word. Our license <laughs> has been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not the only person you're wrestling this week, and you've also got a big matchup at Wrestling Go, Jessica Troy. Yeah. It's against Jess Troy. 
uh, my another uh, another nation's counterpart. Um, she's you know she's got the silver medal, so I'm looking to take that off her. And the last time we had an encounter was at Chikara, and I got the win. So I think she's looking for a uh, with a point to prove at the same time. Um, so I I dare say she's going to try and rip my arm off and beat me to death with it. Um, so yeah, no, I've got a I've got a couple of good challenges ahead of me, and I think what will be very entertaining and exciting matches. All right, mate. Uh, we are we going to do a couple of listener questions? Do we have any? Yes, we do. Yeah, quick. Let's uh, go through those before we let Mick go. I've Who's got up first? One from Andrew Coyne. And... Oh, that guy. <laughs> yes. Um, um, can we pause for a sec, Tony? Because I have to find the question. No, I'm I'm, I've got. I'll shoot. So Andrew Coyne asks, "Why did you lose the Doctor Robotnik hair?" Look. <laughs> well, well, we did a, a fundraiser for charity for the world's greatest shape, and everyone was supposed to donate, and, and they could vote. But it turns out Bonza made the biggest donation, and he tried to tried to get a screw loose on me, and I just beat him to the punch. Where in reality, there comes a time where you've been rocking a semi-Hogan-esque skullet in day-to-day life for so long that you just can't do it anymore. Um, like I'm, I'm very thin on top. It's no secret to have the hair sort of long and messy on the sides is just, I'd had enough. It was time. It had served its purpose. I thoroughly enjoyed it when I was wrestling. Um, if there was a way that I could have a wig that would stay on, I'd probably invest in that, but it would be expensive. And for now that's not an option. So I had to evolve. Um, and yeah, so now, um, Big bald boy. There you uh, go, Andrew. Yeah, uh, I've got. Go. I think he's on holidays too at the moment, so he's always on holidays. <laughs> I've got a question from Twitter from uh, Chris Gale. Uh, are you interested in going on Survivor based on Saturday's match? You wouldn't have any trouble uh, creating fire. Uh, that would be an <laughs> asset to any tribe. Yes. Well, I would love to go on Survivor. Um, I remember thinking that back when I used to watch it ages ago. My, my father and I used to watch it together back at the first season. And I kind of fell out of touch throughout the middle and I definitely haven't watched it for a long time. But then when the auditions came around and they were like, you should apply for Survivor, I was like, I was going to. Um, but then standard Moretti, shiny object, I got distracted and totally forgot to get back into it in time and never got the chance. Um, but I'm... It's great to see Maddie on there, and I can support that. Maybe that will help me next time I try to apply. But a dragon never struggles to make fire. So <laughs> I feel like that's my in to never getting voted off. Yeah, good point. Good I'd, point. Love to see the, I'd love to see Mick Moretti's mischief and uh, <laughs> dastardly turning on people Just when they don't know about he'd it. He'd be like a Luke, I reckon, who's on now. He'd be, everyone would he'd think be looking yeah. for that little spy hole. And, uh, no, I think he'd be more like everyone would think he was like uh, the guy with the mullet, the nice guy. Oh, Tim, but then behind their Tim back, he'd be yeah. <laughs> throwing everyone under the bus. I would play the game, seriously. <laughs> I, I, I would make a mess of things. I really would. I would turn people on people. I would just make chaos. Just and then I'd suddenly make Knight in shining armor every time. Of course you would. <laughs> Final one for you, mate, from one of our listeners, and I'll do it from Roger, who was on Twitter. Of course, he brought me a beer on Friday night, so that's why I'm doing it for him. Uh, please ask about the trophy life. He says, "I don't we already know. have." Oh, there you go. We already have. Forget that. There you go, Roger. You've got that answer. Uh, what about Peter Horton? Says, "Does Bonza get pissed when you get massive cheers and he gets Bonza sucks?" <laughs> Look, Bonza will tell you he doesn't, but I think he does. I truly think he does. But I also, I don't think it's as much that he's envious of the cheers. I think he hates that I play into it so much. And I mean, come on, man. I'm getting cheered. Of course I'm going to play into it. I spent the last six years of my career getting booed, and then all of a sudden everyone decided that I was a good time. So, hey, I'm going to live it up, baby. When a rock star gets cheered, he takes it. So, yeah. It does make for a really good, uh, you know, a really good, tag team when one's a heel and one's getting cheered it's uh it's good fun great really made for an interesting dynamic um uh and sort of yeah obviously you know we've we've used it 
he and I have, have had the thing ongoing for, for over a year now, and I think it's been I think it's been very good. Mick, we thank you so much for your time. You've been really generous with it, and we've uh, really loved having a chat with you here on the Turnbuckle. Uh, how can our people follow you on the socials? I'm on all the socials. You can find me on both Instagram and Twitter, at Full Rapscallion, F-U-L-L, Rapscallion. Um, you can find me on Facebook if you search Mick Moretti. I think the address is Mick Moretti PW, which stands for Pro Wrestler. Um, you know, that that's my socials, man. You've got it. And you can find PWA, Newy Pro, follow all of Australian wrestling, get amongst it, hashtag now we conquer. Uh, I'm all about building everyone up so that we can take over the world. Fantastic. Hopefully that's not too far away. Enjoy your match against Adam Brooks this weekend, mate, and uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Mick Moretti joining us here on the Turnbuckle. I'm still It's all about me. And welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle. Mick Moretti, fantastic interview there. He was great. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. And like watching him wrestle was always really cool because he does things that you're not expecting someone to do, the handstands and um, things like that. So it's always, it's always, if you get a chance to see Mick Moretti, definitely go and see Mick Moretti. Lyle's joining us. It's good to see. Yeah, thank you. Personal Lyle. calls. That's all right. Welcome back. Uh, we were just talking about how good the interview with Mick was. Oh, yeah. Really good, mate. Really good. I like you had to get your your line in there that you brought the guy the beer. So you, no, he brought me a beer. Yeah, he Watch brought it. you a beer. So you asked his question even though we asked it during the interview. That's clever. Oh, you that's, get another beer now. Exactly. You betcha. Very smart. Uh, the music of Tennille Dashwood opening up part two for us boys. Uh, she signed with Impact. Yeah. And that's good news for her because she's had a lot of health concerns recently and her time with Ring of Honor wasn't great because they treat the women's division like a bit of an afterthought. Not even an afterthought. Yeah, women of honour in name only, I think. Well, they don't get on the card. Yeah, yeah they uh, well, they did. They, they they bashed it against the wall pretty quick, you know, advertised it heaps, and then they did nothing with it. So, good night. hopefully, you know, they've got a really good talent roster there too at Impact for the women as well. So and they always have. They've always been on the forefront of women's wrestling yep. in the United States. Um, and I mean, for at least 10 years, yeah. uh, that knockouts division's always been, it's produced a lot of great wrestlers yeah. and they always seem to be on ahead of the curve. So um, she'll get to work with a lot of really good people that she hasn't probably worked much with before. So I think it's a good decision. Definitely. Uh, the G1 Climax, always like a good Climax. That's continuing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll step away from that. But, uh, yeah, it's been great. I, I said it last week. What did I say? It's been, uh, it's been really good every show. I'm even watching uh, the multi-man tags. Uh, normally I don't. Uh, but, yeah, this has really got me hooked. I've got a, every little... Nuance that goes into some of the multi-man tags lead into the next night, you know, for the singles matches in the blocks. This, this so. might be a stupid question. And I know you've been a New Japan fan for a long, long time, but do you find yourself even more invested now that we've had them here at Festival Hall and you've been a part of that? And you've been to Japan, apparently? Well, that, that happened. Uh, you guys really keep bringing that ago. up. I haven't brought that up for a while. Yeah, uh, this is the first G1 since he's been to Japan. Uh, it is, it is, right. Yeah, it is, actually. Um, no. No? Second. Is it? This, when did I go, Tony? Yeah. Just ask the <laughs> question, for God's sake. You went in January. I did, too. Do you find yourself more invested in New Japan Wrestling now that you've actually seen them here? They've been a part of Melbourne life? and Yeah, maybe... Yeah, to an extent, and you know, Will Osprey obviously being the the number one foreigner at the minute, probably that helps as well because of what he, you know, Mick touched on it, what he's done for the Australian wrestling as well, and I don't know, being a little bit jaded from some other wrestling, yeah, you know, I think that's my wheelhouse at the minute. Really, yeah, you know, that their storytelling is the kind I'm enjoying 
at this minute, and this this G one's been great. So also, far. I mean, it's a more of an adult product, so yeah, we're, yeah, the, it, we're the target audience of New Japan. Yeah, of course, more than what we are of WWE. Yeah, I'm chasing that um, the sports uh, aspect of it a yeah. little bit more, and obviously they've got their crazy characters and they you know they have fun uh, wrestlers as well. So yeah, it's a little bit more variety. It's taken a little bit more serious than some of the other stuff, and yeah. So how are the tables in the group stacking up? Yeah, it's good. Uh, Mox Moxley, uh, you know, one of your favourites, Tony. Mm. Um, you know, he's on ten points at the minute. You know, as time of, of recording, Okada in the A block is on ten points. Uh, Moxley did have an interview post match saying that he's going to win the G one. So mm. that's interesting. Throwing it out there and his little byplay with. Uh, Show to Umino. I think Gino introduced us. My favourite part of Lyle when he says the Japanese names is his voice goes really quiet in case in case he mispronounces it. Yeah, be confident. You get them right every time. Shooter, as uh, Moxley's calling him, he called him a panty dropper uh, on the (laughs) a panty dropper, panty dropper, panty panty dropper. dropper. So yeah, their little byplay, you know, you know, before he goes on excursion, (laughs) has been really good. You mentioned that Gino brought him out to meet us at New Japan. Uh, what a respectful, lovely, humble young man he is. Yeah, he definitely. Looks young too. Yeah, he is young. Yeah, yeah very, very young. So, yeah, and then, you know, through the whole tournament, you've got the um, the LA Dojo versus the the uh, Young Lions of New Japan, which, which has been really good. So adding some story to the Young Lions matches is really important because yeah. otherwise they can be just forget about them, don't worry about them, don't tune in. Yeah. Having some story there I think is really, really progressive step forward for New Japan. Yeah, it's very, very clever and it makes you invested in their, uh, uh, what do they call it, the Boston Crabs and stuff like it that. Makes you invest in the development of the workers yeah. as well. I'm excited to see more of it. Now, we attended Wrestle Rock on Friday night and I've got to say, and I'll be totally honest up front, my first ever Wrestle Rock. I can't believe I've left it this long. What a great night that is. It's so much fun. Definitely fun. And Welshie, obviously, he was the designated driver for us that night, Tony, was he? No. No, he was drunk again? Yeah. No, it's Wrestle Rock. Anyone who drives to Wrestle Rock. That's uh, a fair call. It's uh, You may as well not go. Especially when you've Unless been promoting been for two weeks beforehand. Oh, it's my birthday. It's going to be a big night. Da, 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 da. It was a big night how for long me. Ahead of, how long ahead of, uh, the, of the show starting did Lyle inform us that he was driving? Four hours. You were on your way there, and I yeah. was already there. Yeah, I was on my way there. I was saying, I'm on my way. I'm driving there now. You're the Marty Janetti of this podcast. Well, does that mean I'm the lesser of the tag team or some other stuff that Marty's lesser been involved of the tag. in? Lesser okay, of the tag that's team. okay then. The- I hope it's not the other <laughs> stuff. Oh, I was wondering who told you about that other stuff, really. <laughs> Tony was accusing you of some <laughs> yeah, of the other, yeah. the other less savoury stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've got well, family in personal messenger messages. Stays <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and... It was. I really, really enjoyed the the curtain call that the Game Changers had that turned into the everyone in the crowd singing the song from Never Ending Story. Like, it was so stupid that it was amazingly fun, and that should happen at every wrestling show. Yeah, it, it was a great moment, now, un- led by Uncle Beege as well, singing, uh, you know, his face was... Mask of Crimson as well. That's funny. <laughs> Jack just sitting in the corner like he didn't want to be involved in it. Lockie came out dressed as Vince McMahon, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, very clever. But um, you know how, how long, you know the uh, Uncle Paul uh, storyline. How long it's been going for? You know, six well, the months. The best part of six to eight yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it such. If you just wrote that down, it'd probably sound really, really stupid as the payoff of six to eight months. But being there live, it was an it was an amazing payoff. Uh, yeah. I really, the fact that the whole crowd's drunk probably adds to it as well. Well, so, so yeah. the letter the letter from Uncle Paul, which was brought out by <laughs> Rowan Herbstreit, the WWE uh, representative. I want to see Rowan rock that orange bow tie more often. And as the well. glasses, those, that was those good. glasses. That was good. Uh, and so Lockie started reading, Mr. Lockland. <laughs> so with the D on it, Mr. Lockland Hendricks. Uh, just want to let you know that we've been following your progress. Really happy, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember the exact words. However, really happy with all the, the stuff that you've been doing. However, your uh, attitude and, and that over the past couple of weeks has been absolutely deplorable as a result. We can't. Be have future, you as part of future endeavour? Yeah. Yeah. We we wish you all the best in your future endeavours. And then Lockie just started crying. <laughs> uh, even I felt sorry for him. 
Well, Let's I know why bit. you felt sorry for him. I just want to... I know it's later in the run sheet, but we'll just go into it. Lockie Hendricks has been an absolute highlight. And I um, of every single MCW card and every card he's been on for the last couple of years minimum. And I don't know where he's going because he no-sold me again when I asked him on <laughs> Wednesday. But... We're going to miss him because it's going to leave a huge hole in the in the mid card. That's going to be really difficult. But he's not going anywhere. He's going. Lockie's Lockie's going overseas. He just hasn't told anyone where. Oh, so he's not. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So yeah, I honestly like heartfelt. I mean, I'm going to miss Lockie a lot. Are you going to miss Lockie, Tony? Yeah, like a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. He's been, uh, you know. Great part of every card we've seen him on, not just at MCW, we've seen him on other shows as well, and he's so entertaining, you know, he's captivating. He's not scared to be the butt of a joke. Yeah, definitely. Literally. Or in a butt, yeah, yeah of a joke. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, definitely definitely be missed. Uh, good show, Wrestle Rock, uh, on Friday night. You watched PWI on Saturday night, what did you think? Yeah, amazing. Like, like Mick said, uh, it's right up there at the minute. They're, they're firing on all cylinders. The venue helps a lot. Yeah, it holds the the crowd atmosphere well. Really translate to um, video or OVO play. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. I chose to watch that live instead of watching New Japan live. I watched and, that. And with the live stream, are you, we finding that there's any lag or anything? I had just zero issues. Um, I seen a couple of people that we follow on Twitter had a couple, mm. um, but very minor that I'm seeing anywhere. Um, mine was perfect the whole way through. Um, I did think I was going to be able to get up and make something to eat at intermission, but the archive match was actually pretty entertaining, so I stuck around for that. And then that led into Matty Wahlberg's beer pong, so I didn't get to have something to eat until after the show, but it was good. It was really, really fun. Um, some really good matches on there. Go out of your way to see it. Obviously, the replays are up there now. It's like $5. Yeah, it's like 5 you know, 6 bucks. You know, it's, it's really $10 good for, for a month. If you want it, and it's got all their other. Well, if you pay the ten bucks, you'll get you'll get the the green label show as well with Quackenbush. Yes, so. definitely a good idea. Yes, uh, Brock Lesnar boys destroying Seth Rollins. Yeah, it was uh, full on. He gave him three F fives onto a standing chair, uh, and Seth was whole torso was going across the the seat of the chair, not the seat, the back of the chair, um, and then. They must have been a blood capsule or something. He was coughing up blood yeah. to represent internal bleeding. And then Brock pulled him out of the ambulance and and F5'd him onto a stretcher as well. Yeah. I said when he that, when he, that looked that actually looked the worst bump of all because that stretcher he just landed sideways on it. Yeah. I when the way the way it started when he F5'd him into the ring post on the outside, I was like, geez, he got up he's got some height on that. So I'm thinking, oh well he you know, maybe it's an injury angle coming up and <laughs> Yeah, then he decimated him into the into the uh, the chair in the ring after that. So I actually thought the the ring post was going to be the high spot of it, and it just got built and built. And yeah, so yeah, the internal bleeding—that's a clever way of doing it. It was a decent episode, uh, top to bottom. Uh, they told like, yeah, they had some really they had some fun matches and some fun spots. Um, I'm not sure where they're going with the Maria Canellas, Mike Canellas stuff. Um, it's interesting though. I'll wait and see, but the show was pretty good. There were some good matches, and SummerSlam's eleven of oh, a few days, a week, and a bit away. So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with the Rollins angle from here. Uh, we mentioned before, Matty Wahlberg's been on our TV each night through Survivor. He's uh, playing a good part, just nice and in there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I haven't seen him play any strategy yet, so I worry that he's exposing himself because um, he doesn't seem to have an alliance or anything like that. But Well, him and Sean, I think, are the alliance. <laughs> well, two people's not enough for an alliance. That's no, not right. But Correct. the contender's uh, doing really well, and Matty, a bit of a baby Champions, face. eh? Champions. <laughs> you know, I told him he needs to have that on a shirt. Champions, <laughs> eh? Um, I think that will make a really good shirt, so... Get onto that. Every yeah. time the champions lose something, now the kids at home, that's all they yell out. They go, champions, yeah. eh? Champions. I um, I saw they lost a challenge to Luke, and apparently he copped it from the kids he teaches at Yeah, school. he's got worse than the 
Twitter trolls out there. He's oh, copying it with his 16-year-old shoes. But make sure while you're watching it, if you do have Twitter, follow along oh. with Maddie during the episodes on Twitter. It's actually some gems in and there. And follow along with uh, Welshy as well. Speaking of Twitter trolls. Well, I'm not a Twitter troll. No, I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying you've some spats. Oh, yeah. boy. Which one are we talking about? You're getting into a lot of fights. I'm getting a lot of Do you want me to individualise? I think they're all just as bad as oh, each look, other. Look, we got blocked by one-hour tees on Twitter. Nobody gets blocked by one-hour tees. Well, we did. Yeah, but it, 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 was like, it had to have been um, a bit of Miss Gino's fault. Miscommunication because well, they, asked, they me, asked for you. They asked me for my opinion. And you gave it? Yeah, I gave it. Yeah, con- constructive feedback. You weren't... I was honest. Yeah. But I didn't swear. I wasn't disrespectful. They got a bit snippy back, so I told them not to be snippy. Yeah. And then we got blocked. And then yesterday, uh, yesterday's guy was just a, a Neanderthal, so... Yeah. Um, You know. But yeah, one hour tease. What's going on there? You got blocked for your opinion. Bunch but of they babies. Asked for. <laughs> nah, tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, and, and it's not... Let, let's, be, let's, be, let's be honest here. My complaint was the quality of their wrestling crate. Yeah. Which is fucking shit house. To the point where we've all we've all cancelled it. Yeah. Um and I mean, they asked why and I told them why because I think something like six or out of the last eight T shirts have been rubbish. And if you're in Australia you're paying sixty to seventy dollars for the crate. Um it's not worth it. I feel like you know, you're just giving me rubbish and if you're gonna ask and you want the feedback, don't cry. Fair enough, too. Speaking what shows of, are coming up? Well, I was going to say, we're not talking rubbish here when we talk about the shows that are on around Australia this weekend. Friday night, August the 2nd, Wrestling Go in Sydney have their third anniversary show featuring TJ Perkins and Mick Murray. That does say slow. I did well to get past that. Also, uh, Jessica <laughs> Troy on the card as well. PCW and Fertree Gully. TJP in the country's uh, is really good. He's been announced for the Super J Cup, hasn't he? Yes, he definitely has. Saturday night, PCW and Furniture Gully present their monthly special countdown. Uh, Suplex Pro Wrestling in Cessnock have TJP on the card. IWA in Blacktown have a huge card, including Adam Brooks and Mick Moretti. Tickets, 22 bucks. That's great. for uh, You paid 22 bucks just to see those two, let alone the rest of the card. NAW and Albion present War is Hell, but Peace is Boring. Check out their promo video too to hear Tony finally get wrestler names right. Tony, why are you talking about yourself in the third person? Because I didn't write this crap. <laughs> well, it's true, though. Like, uh, they have their new promo video. It's on their Facebook. Have a look at it. Uh, old mate Tony's doing the voiceover, and he gets all the names right. How many takes did that take? No one. There's Just one. I, straight I do not believe that you got through something without one after making the a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's nine different ones he's had to, like, so together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good uh, editing. <laughs> if you've got an idea for a podcast, contact my podcast house or here on the Turnbuckle through our Facebook page and we can get you on air. Tune in next week. Look, we'll be joined no, by the Philippe Brothers read and that. Bad Luck Father. Didn't we do that two weeks ago? <laughs> don't read that. <laughs> Join it. Tune I, in next week because we'll be joined by... Well, I can't say who it is because... But I can tell you that it's a wrestler from overseas. Australian wrestler working overseas. Interesting. Very interesting. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us here on the Turnbuckle, mypodcasthouse.com. Plenty of other podcasts for you to listen to as well, including On The Grid. And check out our motor racing podcast right there. We'll catch you next week. Till then.